Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. There is no God like you. You are God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we are in awe of you today. And particularly, we rejoice in the fact that as our Father, you know us intimately, completely, perfectly. And you love us. You know all our faults, all our struggle, all the sins we've ever committed. And yet you love us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Not when we got good. Not when we turned our hearts to you. Before that, you loved us. We are in amazement at the extent of your love. And thank you that in response to your love, we can be forgiven. We can be new. We can be precious children of the Most High God. That is who we are in Christ. So today we pray for one another that as we hear your word, you will heal our hearts, you will calm our souls, you will give us your rest and calm our stress. We pray for the team representing our church in Haiti today, for the Trepuses and those who are with them, that you would use them to minister your love and grace to the people of Haiti on our behalf, even right now as they meet at the church they're worshiping in today. Thank you, Lord, for what you have in store for us right now. We open our hearts, our minds, our souls to you. And whatever you say, God, we say yes. Whatever you say, God, we say yes. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, you can have a seat. That was a very quiet video. <laughs> I think somebody's probably stressed out about it right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to look back over at the sound booth. No. I bet you're wondering who these strangers are in the front row. These are some of my children, both of our children, and one of our grandchildren. Evan, I'm so glad you're on the front row today. You are the man, all right? So you cheer Grandpa on, and we'll make the best of this, okay? All right, help me with my stress levels. Um, do you know that we took a poll on Easter? Was anybody here for Easter? There were 650 of us here for Easter, okay? So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And those poor souls that went on spring break and haven't gotten back yet, you know, what, a, what are they missing, right? <laughs> I think there's something white outside that they're missing, but anyway. Um, guess what the number one requested sermon was on the poll? Stress. Stress by two times and the next closest topic. So we couldn't wait till September to talk about stress. Uh, we are going to talk about it in that series that I promised on Easter that you asked for it. And we're going to take the top four uh, topics that were requested. But um, about this time in the message on the topic of stress, 
I would quote some statistics, I would tell some stories about the negative influence of stress, and I would try to convince you that stress is a problem. Do I need to do that? How many people have ever been stressed? Can I just see your hand? Hold it up nice and high. All right? How many people know someone else who's stressed? <laughs> can, can we talk? All right? So we just skip that part and just go right to the heart of the thing. Um, one of the reasons that we have such a struggle coping with stress is that we don't tend our souls. You are an eternal spiritual being who happens to live in a body. But most of our time and attention goes to the external, goes to the activity and the things around us. And not enough attention goes toward that eternal being, the real you, the person God intends to live forever. And so here's my theory. Um, the wounded, weary, struggling soul doesn't have a whole lot of reserve when life gets crazy and hard. And our stress levels, I mean, being stressed, having dizziness and activity is not optional for a lot of us. It's just going to happen. It's how we respond that makes the difference, right? Right? It's how we respond that makes the difference. Um, the well-tended, rested, nurtured soul has more reserve. Uh, the, the healthier soul has strength from beyond us that helps us through even the most stressful times. So I'd like to talk about your soul and how it's doing. And one of the most interesting things about that is I don't know your soul. In fact, the truth about us is that some of us don't know our own. It, it, it takes some effort, some self-discipline, some time to listen, to, to sense, to know the truth about our inner life. So if you want to take, please take the outline that was handed to you when you came in. Let's talk about how to tend and nurture our souls so that we have some reserve, some margin to deal with stress. Those who know about this topic of stress say that the main symptoms we deal with are headaches, muscle tension, fatigue, stomach upset, sleep problems, anxiety, restlessness, irritability, sadness, anger, and isolation. So if you're tense, tired, or ticked off just listening to my voice, you're stressed, okay? <laughs> now, Pastor Shane tried to help me out this week, and he posted on Facebook and sent it to me, linked it to my page, uh, 10 stress-reducing foods. Are you ready? Bananas, pasta, almonds, grapes, green tea, oatmeal, chocolate, <clears throat> watermelon, orange juice, and tuna. He suggested we set up a buffet on your way out. <laughs> but I think there'd be a lot of oatmeal and tuna left, don't you? <laughs> Thank you, dear. I don't know, it's just a stress thing in my voice, sorry. 
the first point on your outline, and uh, I believe one of the things God wants to teach us is to quit ignoring our soul. Quit ignoring our soul. We focus again on the surface and the superficial, and we don't take the time or make the effort to allow the, the Spirit of God to get down deep. What does Psalm 139 say? Search me, God, and know my, what? Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anybody have an anxious thought? What's going on? What's going, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this, right? Why does he say, Lord, search me and show me? Because, again, oftentimes we sort of um, push past the stuff, the feelings, our insecurities or our or our longings, we're just in too big a hurry. Um, when you drive too fast and there's puddles and rain on the road and you just keep pushing, what do your tires do? They hydroplane. They get up on top. You ever had that happen? It's kind of a crazy feeling. It's like you suddenly lose traction. I think that's what happens to our souls. We just keep going, going, going. There's stuff. There's wounds, there's questions, there's issues, but we don't want to stop. We don't want to slow down. We just go a little faster and a little faster. Soon we're hydroplaning. We lose traction. We're up on top and we can't grip with our souls. Your soul longs and thirsts to know God. Your soul, according to the Bible, can be downcast, Overwhelmed, troubled. Your soul, according to Scripture, can also be at peace, anchored, refreshed, and at rest. The nourished, peaceful, rested, refreshed soul can deal with life even when it gets complicated and normally would be stressful. The wounded, weary, neglected soul can't take very much. And it doesn't go away, it goes awry. It doesn't go away, it goes awry. It, it, it is, tries to escape. It, it tries to find meaning in something else, something less. I've studied and read on this subject a lot. Sorry about my voice. Can you deal with this? And nothing I can do about it. Let me drink some more. <laughs> um, I, you know, there's a theory around as to why blockbuster movies are so uh, popular. Because it gets our adrenaline up and it completely absorbs us in this artificial experience, and it helps us forget. Um, it's part of the reason why some of us kind of adrenaline junkies love to go to amusement parks, and we'd go all the time if we could, because it kind of preoccupies us and, and pushes back the, the deeper and bigger realities and, and creates an artificial high. Now, I love blockbuster movies and theme parks, okay? Nothing wrong with those. but they are not a substitute 
for the real truth about you and me. They don't really soothe our soul. Feeling blue? Go shopping. Feeling empty? Eat an ice cream sundae. Somebody liked that idea. Um, feeling unimportant? Close a big deal. Um, there's always something that can take our attention and our focus off of the deep inner truth about us. And if we keep running there and never invite God to search us, to know us, to show us our anxious thoughts and speak peace into our souls, we always stay stressed. Quit ignoring your soul. That's number one. Um, quickly, I'm just going to mention a few of the, the soul symptoms of higher levels of stress in untended souls. First of all, being always in a rush. Uh, there's a couple of blank spaces on your fill-in there. If any of these connect with you, just write one of them in. Feeling rushed all the time. Constantly hurrying really doesn't solve anything, Right? You still have as much to do. It just adds to the stress. Number two, finding less meaning in the ordinary moments of life. Um, you know, I just do my job. I just come home when I come home. I eat what I eat. I do what I do. But I, I don't feel the joy of it. I don't feel fulfilled in it. There's something kind of missing. Feeling less meaning in the day-to-day. -day. Diminished compassion. Wow. A friend of mine, a pastor, tells the story of uh, going to a little uh, grocery store. He was on vacation trying to get some rest, trying to catch up. And as he was checking out, he noticed kind of out of the corner of his eye somebody that he had seen around town. It was an Army veteran. He was in a wheelchair, and he was headed toward the exit. And the pastor said, for a moment, I realized that he was going to get there at the same time I was going to get there, and I was ticked. I was like, I'm going to have to wait, and it's the right thing to do. And then it clicked. How could I, how could I think that? I mean, I, after all he's done, you know, how, how could I be this, this irritated, this agitated? Where did that come from? Who am I becoming? And how many of us, sort of in an offhand moment, we didn't even really expect it or understand it, just kind of pushed past somebody. Maybe it's a a spouse who needs to talk or a kid who needs to play or a colleague who could use some help. But we're stressing and we're rushing and we don't even see them anymore. Uh, the fourth one is one I know all too well. It's um, increased irritability. You know, something happens, it's spilled milk, dropped paperwork, something happens and suddenly you're angry. It just flashes out of you. And that's a symptom of uh, untended soul, right? You don't have any margin. You don't have any buffer zone to cope with it in that moment. Flashes of anger seem to come out of nowhere and catch us off guard. And the question is, where does that come from? Now, the crazy thing is, most of us never stop to ask the question. Or if we do, we just keep rushing by. Which leads me to the second point today. Quit just having good intentions. I mean, what I'm saying to you this morning, most of us know at least something about this. We've thought about it. We've heard somebody mention it. But there's a huge difference between 
sort of mentally understanding it and practically addressing it. The Bible's very clear on this, friends. I love this powerful text from James chapter 1. Don't fool yourself into thinking you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Instead, would you read the last phrase with me? Act. Again, act. (laughs) Act on what you hear. Let's keep going. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. So God's in the house today, friends. He's here. And he's speaking to us. And some of us in particular need this word from the Lord right now. The question is, what are you going to do with what God says to you? Don't be hearers only, be doers. When I began to wrestle with this in my own life, I knew what I had to do. Um, There's a pastor named John Ortberg. I admire him greatly. Uh, An author, he's written widely on this topic and A lot of what he shares comes out of his friendship with an older, wiser Christian man. His friend is named Dallas Willard, also a person who's taught and written on this topic. And he tells about, uh, John Ortberg tells about a time when he was facing a very stressful several months coming. He knew it. And he knew that there was a lot expected of him, and he knew he needed help. So he called up Dallas Willard explained the situation to him and said, you know, is there anything you can help me? He said, I'm going to write down anything you tell me. So Dallas Willard said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So he wrote that down. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Okay, what else you got? I'm kind of in a hurry here, and I need to get going. What else you got? (laughs) And Dallas Willard said, There is nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of peace and health and spiritual refreshment. Hurry is the great enemy. So I had to deal with my calendar, with my weekly schedule. I had to step back and say, you know, is there 10 more minutes in my day? Could I get up a little earlier and... Try and get alone, that God could speak into my soul, that I could just be led by the green pastures and still quiet waters. And someone said to me, well, you know, Glenn, it would be really good if, if say, once a week you took like an hour or maybe even once a month, uh, a couple of hours, and allow God to speak into your soul kind of unwind. Isn't that a great idea? Anybody here think that's a good idea? (laughs) It's a lot harder to do than it sounds, right? I mean, there's usually two or three steps to that. There's the making the decision, there's carving out the time, and then maybe the hardest part, protecting it, protecting it. Now, I can say, okay, a month from now, I'm going to take uh, two hours and, and really listen and pray and get alone and, you know, go out to one of the parks here or something like that. 
But every day that gets closer and closer, somebody else wants me to do something else on that day. And well, it's not urgent. It's not, you know, I, I didn't can make a promise to anybody else. I just made a promise to myself and to God. Oh, I just made a promise to myself and to God. So no, I can't do anything Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. I've got a very important appointment. No, two Saturdays from now in the morning, I'm booked. Because this is important. Because if I'm feeling stressed, and I think most of us do at times, then I need to do something about it, right? I need to do something about it. So the next, the next point takes us to actually slow down and listen. Actually slow down and listen. Um, for me, that looks like getting away from my desk and finding a, a chair or, you know, a, a, a special place where I can unwind a bit, take a deep breath. It, it helps a lot if it's a beautiful place, if I feel the presence of my creator God in that place. Uh, green pastures, quiet waters, remember that? Remember that? I feel very blessed that when we moved here to Davison, in retrospect, there weren't many houses for sale right at the time we moved. And so we bought a house we'd probably never bought any other ways. Not our kids come and they say, I live in this house. This is not your kind of a house. It has a pond, a beautiful pond. And it is for me uh, green pastures and quiet waters. I'm sitting out there in the evening, um, going out there with coffee in the morning. It restores my soul. And I invite God into that space and that place. Um, May the 14th, it's a Saturday coming up not very long from now. We're going to have a day that our entire congregation is invited to spend part of that day nine o'clock in the morning until the early afternoon, just meeting God, making space. Uh, we're going to go down to the Robert Williams Nature Center. Anybody know where that is? It's down by our house. It's down on Atherton and Bristol Road, and uh, the, the township has said we can use it for the day, and because we have a 501c3, we get it for 50 bucks. How cool is that? Yay, Davison Township, all right? Now, maybe you can't come that day, but maybe you could. And maybe you should. Um, don't just be hearers, be doers of God's word. Actually slow down and listen. What am I trying to prove, God? Why do I have to keep running and rushing and busying myself to impress other people or make them think something of me that I want them to think. Um, what am I afraid of? Why, why don't I find it <clears throat> easier? Why don't I have more grace to deal with people that disagree with me? You know, maybe there's 
there's somebody, and I know it, that I've got stuff with, that I need to speak to, that I should resolve things with, but I, just, I don't want to go there. I don't want to take the time for that. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Several years ago, I, I knew I had to do something. I was rushing too fast and not tending my soul. I heard about a woman named Ruth Haley Barton, a wonderful Christian who had written a book called uh, Rhythms of the Soul. And she was doing a retreat. There were about 35, 40 of us. We went to Philadelphia to a retreat center. And there she talked about uh, a Christian man named Parker Palmer who's written on this subject. If you ever read Parker Palmer, he's quite remarkable. And he said, you know, your soul is like a wild animal. And if you really want to see it, <clears throat> you can't go crashing through the woods yelling for it because it just goes and hides. But if you'll sit quietly by the base of a tree and wait, it may come out. I thought a lot about that. I've prayed a lot about that, and I believe it's true. And so the last thing I want to say today is that God wants to help us with all of this. And when we actually slow down and listen, we can identify and simplify the stuff that's deep inside, the things we're going through, the people we really are. You know, like my friend who felt irritated at the guy in the wheelchair and saw himself in that moment and asked the question, how did I get like this? Who am I becoming and, and, and what's wrong? And when we start to ask those questions and God begins, we listen to the voice of the Lord inside, we realize that um, he is a good, good father and we are his children and he is enough for us. And we don't need to be somebody we're not. And we don't need to impress other people. And we don't need to jump that high or run that fast. We are loved. And so what I do is I have learned to wait in the presence of God. To maybe quote back to him scriptures that he's spoken into my life. Be still and know that I am God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. I go through the names of Jesus. You know, you are the Alpha and Omega. You are the Savior of the world. You are the one and only Son of God. You are the Good Shepherd. And I love you, and I know that you love me, and I, I nourish my heart with the truth of God's word. And I'll take some of the songs that we sing. Maybe there's a song that we've sung in the past few months or whatever that's touched your life, and I'll sing those songs over in my head. And guess what? When I'm all alone, I sing it out loud. I sing it out loud. And I don't care what it sounds like. Occasionally, when I get really crazy, I will make up a song. Just in the moment. Just make up a tune and make up the words and, you know, sing a new song to the Lord. Anybody ever do anything that crazy? Good, I'm the only one. All right. Um, so here's what I want to challenge you to do. Stop ignoring your soul. 
Stop ignoring your soul. Uh, allow the Holy Spirit to search you and know you. Um, actually, slow down and listen. So many times in those moments, the Lord will speak into my heart. You know, there's this person that you should call and just connect with. There's somebody that you should write a note to and just bless their life. There's someone that you haven't really resolved stuff with and you need to be the one, you need to be big enough to make the effort to be the one to reach out. And then I try, I really try to get up off my knees and make that call and write that note and initiate that conversation and my stress levels. So, there's no time like the present. Would you pray with me? Father God, in this quiet place, this place where we've met you before, where we've poured out our heart to you. Some of us in this very room started a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Some of us got married in this room. Some of us were baptized in this room. Most all of us have sung a song, prayed a prayer, heard a word. So this is a holy place for us. Will you search our heart? Show us our anxious thoughts. And God, give us a holy determination to do whatever it takes to tend our soul. So as we pray together, if God's spoken to you today and you just need to, to respond to him, you just need to say, yes, I need God's help to tend my soul, to cope with my stress, you just put your hand up, not for me, but for him. Say, yeah, that's me today. That's me today. Amen, amen, amen. God, you saw our hand. You see our heart. Help us not to just look into the mirror and go away and forget. Give us a holy determination and give us the help of your Holy Spirit more than anything to walk into the light that you've shown us just now. Would you stand with me? And would you play that just a little bit louder? And let's continue to pray. Lord, I just want to bless these people today, your people. 
the flock under my care? Would you speak peace into their souls? Would you put your arms of love and grace around them, each one of them? You are a good, good father. It's who you are. And we are loved by you. It's who I am. And may we lean into that. Breathe in our souls. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Far before we ever tried to be good. Or even came to church. Or especially before we ever invited you to be our leader and forgiver. You loved us. And you still love us. And for all of us in this room, Lord, who have ever given you our hearts and lives, give us the joy of the Lord, the sense that we are the favored children of the Most High God. May we drink it in, down deep. Refresh, renew, restore our souls. 